right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris Sims. All right, okay, episode 64, which should now be called the only time that Adam Lefko and Chris Sims get to talk to each other. Seriously. We never see each other anymore. You're so cool, man. Uh, 64, what do you got? I, I got, I mean, 64, there's not a lot that comes to my mind. I'm going with the, one of my dad's old teammates, Jim Burt. Great nice. nose tackle back on that 86 Super Bowl team. Won a Super Bowl with the 49ers as well. Super Bowl 24 as their nose tackle. Yeah. He's my 64. Randall McDaniel. Oh, yeah. Okay. 64. Uh, and then uh, offensive lineman for that's the Packers one. back in the day, Jerry Kramer. Oh, that's a good one, too. Je- Jerry was 64. I think you're right. I, yeah. I looked it up on the internet. Man. Let's go to our trusted Rutgers source for all things are you. No Rutgers player wearing a 64. That's why I had Randall McDaniel pulled out from Sports Illustrated. That's all I got. Great for you, buddy. Thanks for coming to me. Great to see you as well. It's great Rutgers to see has you. had a dry spell Rutgers here. Rutgers has hit a bit of a dry spell. We'll pick it up when we get to the 70s, though. Oh, Control yeah. room. Let's see those wonderful faces. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello. Delicious. How are you? You. And what's great? Oh, a slow turn from Steinmetz. Hey, Claire! <laughs> saw ya. And she's gone. Okay. Uh, I see George, too. Yeah. I'm, look, I have George's camera out the whole time. Yo, George! Hey. Are so, you go, You and George going to, like, the beaches down in South Jersey? You know, like, we might, the Philly people? Pump? Right. The, the beaches of Jersey are really, really funny. Because <laughs> yes, it's... Are. So, so the beaches of Miami, I find to be the best, like, people watching. Right. Like, you're just seeing crazy outfits. Yes. But there's, like, seaweed everywhere, and the water's really warm, and I don't like it. California, it's like... Seaweed in Miami? What are you talking about? There no. is. It's like the it's like the brush, the algae or whatever it is. Oh, you're crazy. I no, it is. Go down about. there. It's like washed up. And then uh, <laughs> go down there. It's in California. What's funny is like so. I was just in California, and you'll have like a football catch on the beach, and people look at you like you're crazy. Oh right. Because there, it's everyone's. You know, they're either in the water doing activities right. or like out of the water relaxing. People like or having a football catch, like volleyball on you know, like, the hundred yards different. away because exactly. it's the biggest beaches there are. Uh, we have a lot to get to in terms of me, Fendrick and I were just in LA for the NFL rookie premiere. We have a lot of fun stories to get to that I think you're going to enjoy. <laughs> uh, but I was made note of a story today that I need you to tell me about. Right. Um, so the, none of us knew about. None of us. None of us. So the Bachelor started like two weeks ago. Bachelorette uh, started. That's what you and wanted Jordan to start Palmer, with. a friend of the podcast. Jordan Rogers. Uh, Jordan Rogers. Yes. Damn. Jordan Rogers, he's really a friend. Jordan Palmer's kind of a friend. Jordan Rogers <laughs> is a friend. He's on the show. And Fendrick says, did you know that Sims was asked to be the Bachelor? The yeah. original Bachelor? So the way this happened was when I was sitting at home and my I'm girlfriend stuck. tells me that Jordan Rogers got the first impression rose, which I understand means that the Bachelorette approved of him the most on the first episode, oh, uh, right. episode of the right. show. Right. Good looking, good DNA lines. Good and family. His, and exactly. his family's got $100 million. And so also, let's be honest. Like, give credit to Jordan. Right. Jordan's a very cool, he's sociable awesome guy. dude. Like, awesome. when we hang out with him, he's, he's just like, what up, dude? Right. Yeah. And he right can help us. This is Aaron Rodgers' little brother, by the way. I don't yes. we even said Aaron that. Rogers Rogers doesn't know. Right. So I text Chris. Screw that. We're calling him Jordan. So I text Chris, and I say, does your wife watch The Bachelor? Because Jordan Rodgers is on it, and apparently he's doing well. And Chris responds to me, no, but have I ever told you that I was asked to be the first Bachelor? Yes. 
This is true. I'm in the Tampa Pray locker room. Yeah. I'm in the Tampa locker room. <laughs> I guess it's right after my rookie year, and this is when they're going to start the show. And uh, the uh, the people, the media people for the Buccaneers, they come to me one day after working out and whatever else, and not a lot of people in the locker room. Uh, a guy named Jason Wallers, who's now the head media guy with the Green Bay Packers, he comes over to me and he goes, hey, listen, I've got an interesting proposition for you here. We've been... Cool opportunity. Yeah, we've been asked by you know, ABC reached out to us and they're uh, they wanted to know if you'd be interested in this show called The Bachelor. And I'm like, what? The Bachelor? And they're like, yeah, supposedly it's going to be like, you know, you and a bunch of other girls, girls and you have to decide. So <laughs> so they come to you. They come to me. And I, I'm old school. So I, I, there's no way. I did not entertain this long. I mean, I just was like, okay, let me. So, th- so then they told you it was going to be you and like 25 girls. Right. And I said, okay, well, let me think about it. And, you know, I went home and I was not, of course, in favor. But then. I went home. I do think uh, I might have told my father, uh, and his reaction, yeah, of course, was, 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 it was like, oh, oh, Christopher, oh, Christopher, you, you don't want to do that. And I was like, yeah, I know, Dad, I don't want to do that. He's like, oh, you'll, you'll, you'll never live it down. And he is exactly right. That's what I was thinking. From, the, from Jump Street, when they asked me in the locker room, you know, I've been with Gruden now for 10 months. I kind of know who he is. Are so you, you were just starting your NFL career. I was just after he my just rookie, year, rookie year. Just after my rookie year. And I'm going, there's no way I could do this, even if I wanted to. There's no way. Maybe if I had a real quarterback, and that's some guy that dates girls on television. Exactly right. He hit that he, throw. He would have got the check right. Because <laughs> maybe he's over there at the Bachelorette, and he's giving roses away. And Gruden would have never let that down. Let alone, and I'll say this, my dad said it to me right from the start. He goes, Christopher, you'll never be called by your name again in the locker room. Everybody's just going to call you the Bachelor's here, the Bachelor's here, the Bachelor's yeah. here. And He's exactly right. So, so of course, then, I said no. And then Jesse Palmer, Jesse Palmer said yes. takes it. Yes. And that was one of the first things I was told. I came home. Of course, I knew a lot of the giant players at the time. And I would come home here in the New York yeah. area for the summertime before training camp. And they were like, oh, man, yeah, yeah. We had fun. We had the Bachelors in our locker room. And I was like, good Thank for God. him. He can now, have time it. Out. Did you watch any of that season? Were you curious what you were missing out on? I, I remember I tuned in a few times, but it didn't take long. I mean, come on. You know me. That's not my cup of tea. I mean, you want to talk about so, a bunch of crap. So, but you look at Jesse Palmer, like what he's been able to, I think, he use made a it career to his advantage. It. He did, yes. Uh and, and he's good. I, I would say this right but now. I, don't, I enjoy listening to Jesse I Palmer. agree, too. I, I think he does the work. But I would also argue it probably cut his NFL career short, though. I would say that. Really? It did give him a pedestal uh, to at least jump off of and become a name and a, a face. And he does do a good job. I agree. Yeah. But... Uh, I do cut think, it short because of that whole stuff. Because NFL locker rooms are very afraid of like outside. And, and I wouldn't stuff. even go that. It kind of goes into our conversation about NFL coaches too. They just they judge books by their cover. Yes. Uh, and which is I didn't even mean to go into that. But well, we're not there. I, just I still want to talk more bachelor Regardless, stuff. regardless. Yep. Um, did, did the Bucks try and sell you on doing it because they thought it would be good to have that like? The, the no, circus surrounding not. it. Okay. It was totally me. I know. And I don't even think. I don't even know if that's good publicity. I know. For the you're right. It's a good question. <laughs> My question is this now Gruden would have killed me, and if I had a bad preseason, he would have tried to cut me because he would have been My, angry. My first I, reaction was what would Warren Sapp have said when The Bachelor walked into the locker room? I went on my honeymoon, okay? This same off season, because I, I, I uh, so wait, you got offered the bachelor, said no, and then said, oh, "I should wait, get no, married." Right. I'm wrong. It's the next. It's the next. <laughs> so off you know what? 25. I got one. Just good. Just in case they offer it again to me. No, I had the next off season. Sorry, it was the next off season okay, where I went to Italy so you, and I had Gruden texting me and calling me. Ever like I was supposed to be there for two weeks. He knew it. Ever since about four days into it, message call. 
text every day. When you coming back? Why aren't you here? What are you taking the boat back from Italy? Because he couldn't. He, could, he didn't have anybody there to like run his little practices after workouts and stuff. I will say this. So I left my honeymoon early. I didn't. You even I will say that. this. You left here's, your honeymoon I'm, early. Here's John the real John pressured me. Here's the real question. You have seen Sims interact with women, whether they're co-workers or they're out. Careful, he, careful here. I, I'm not, we're not doing the whole flirty thing again. The big thing is, though, is you speak your mind right away. Right. And that's not just to women. That's to all people. Right. And that's one thing that I genuinely respect about you is it's not about, like, just being honest. It's like, no, these are my unfiltered thoughts. Right. When he got up there with 40 women or 25 women, oh, what would the show have been like <laughs> with Sims? There would not have been a show because they would have had to censor everything out. <laughs> I would say there wouldn't have been a show because the first night he would go, all right, let's be honest. You guys seem really nice, but I, you guys can the all ten know. Of you, you can walk. <laughs> and it would be like, like, I'm just going to narrow it down to these three or four. Like, you would have narrowed the show down the first right night. Right away. I would have just, hey, let's get quality time with the top five. We right? actually, when we were out in L.A., uh, had brunch with one of his friends, and one of his friend's friends was a producer on a dating show on an island, and we were talking about how, how so fabricated it is where you're telling people what to do and say. Right. Do you know how many I'm not an actors he would have dropped oh, in The Bachelor? So he would have been like, he'd be like, no, I don't want to tell her that she's beautiful, had a great time. I don't think she's that great, and I really didn't have a good time. You would have been the most frustrating reality TV star ever. Could have been good ratings. You right? could have blown up. You could have been Kim Kardashian. Oh right now. man! Can I just it. ask how your wife reacted when you told her that you were leaving your honeymoon early for John well, Gruden? Oh, she wasn't happy about but it. What did she think about you turning down The Bachelor? Well, yeah, uh, she didn't really care because, I, like I told you, I think we were broken up at the time. Okay. I, I really, really, so she didn't even know about it. She at that was point. living. In Tampa really with me, we had sent her. I had sent her home because we broke up, and we were in a, in a dark spot in our relationship. There, yeah. Get it out of the open, man. Yeah. Honesty in the trust tree. Hey, trust Literally, tree. Literally, it's just the, us three. The trust here. tree of the Sims and Lemko podcast audience. What was your question, though? Was uh, how she reacted when you left Italy early oh, we for left John Capri Gruden. Capri two days early because Great. Gruden, the pressure got to me, finally. It really did. I was, we started listening to messages. Capri, it was like before their hot season, so it wasn't that fun. And, <laughs> and Gruden, yes, he was getting back to me. At one point, I actually thought about sending him a postcard from the Coliseum and be like, dude, I'm in here practicing all the checks. The crowd noise is unbelievable. Uh, but he wore me down because, of course, that part of the year is voluntary. And it was going into my third year. So we did have Brian Greasy there, uh, maybe a few other guys. I can't even remember who the other quarterbacks Sean were there. King there? No, not, not at that point. Uh, but... There was nobody there on a day-to-day basis yeah. like like I was to usually like let's go throw routes or let's do our signals and that's so what the I whole was team to felt off. Right, 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 right. And he didn't like that. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, let's get into this, the other football stuff. I just want to touch this because I want to relive that. But you just said judging books by the cover. What were you hearing about Jameis? Well, I just I, I, I'm amazed at some of the articles I've read just as far as whether it would Dirk Cutter, new offense or the new quarterback coach for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. He was the the head coach of the Southern Southern Miss uh, college football team. Uh, Larry Fedor? Mike uh, no. Bajakian? Bajakian? Uh, yeah, Quarterbacks coach? Uh, yes, it okay. could be. But either way, there was an article this week just saying how they were, uh, they're amazed that I got Jameis Winston all wrong. I just, I can't believe that uh, he is this guy with this hardworking, dedicated, great personality, great leader. Well, what, what did they think? I mean, did they think the rest of the people in the world were lying? Uh, I, I just, it drives me crazy a little bit because NFL coaches are the ultimate just read it 
and judge the book by its cover. So, and I had experiences like that with Brandon Marshall because like I was with Brandon Marshall and then the next spot I went to, they were like, oh, you dealt with that Brandon Marshall. He sounds like he's a real idiot, real jerk, real dumb. Oh, well, really? Why? Because you've seen them throw a fit do on the field? Do you think that's coaches, or do you think that's humans? It's humans. There's no doubt about it. Because when I talk I to people, they're like, always oh, talking crap about you're it. You're right about that. It's a disease we have as Perfect humans. Perfect segue. You know who my best friends were right. at this weekend? Connor Cook and Christian Hackenberg. Connor Cook and I... Hit it off. Big time. I heard. He told me that, and then he stopped. Before we get into it, yeah, so I said Lefko has great Connor Cook stories, and I didn't tell him anything else. But before we get into the rookie premiere, can you just explain to people what the event is? Because I feel like it's sure. kind of an event that's, like, on the fringes of the so NFL. So rookie yeah. premiere is this uh, event in L.A. where they get mainly the top quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. The only defensive player there was Joey Bosa, and they're there to do a lot of media stuff. They uh, meet a lot of like companies like New Era, and they give them hats. Uh, they, they too, with Panini, they take like their action shots and, their, and they, they take their cards. They had to sign 4,200 autographs. Mm. And if they did it all, yeah. they got signed Kobe sneakers. Oh, okay. Which I think, to me, is completely worth Plus, it. Plus, they're getting paid to be out there in the yeah, first probably. place, right? Yes. By the card companies yes. and everybody else. Um, so you're getting everyone from Jared Goff, the first pick in the draft, to like Wendell Small, Wendell Smallwood, Smallwood from West Virginia. fifth round pick for the Moritz Eagles. Moritz Beringer was there. Yeah, Moritz Beringer. The guy. Yeah, right. My boy. Right. Boy, did he not like media. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to do this. Of course I, he doesn't. What did he say to you? He, so Moritz was quoted in Sports Illustrated after leaving the Bleacher Report room yeah, leaving our as thing. saying, quote, that was the weirdest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Pound it. Yeah. yeah. All right, so what, what our event was, I'm just going to go through day by day. Yeah. So Thursday uh, was like our first day really there, and Thursday night at the party, unfortunately, Josh and our other producer, Cam, and uh, the people in the control room, which I really felt bad about, couldn't get into the party. We thought it was going to be like an NFLP party for everyone there. Turns out it was like a Nike party where we were revealing the jerseys. I tagged along with Amaka, our social media person, and ran Snapchat. Which is really interesting because you're seeing all the NFL players in their natural element. So you got on there, and him and Cam are in the line waiting to get into the No, no, no one else, no one else even tried to come on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool because you're seeing all the athletes and all that stuff, and I, I go up to Bosa. Right. And he, he recognizes me. And I go, hey, so I was like, can I call you uh, Joey Brosa? And he goes, if you're a <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm a huge so I'm definitely going to call you Joey Brosa. And that was when he looked at me and was like, uh, uh, I, I wrangled up all the quarterbacks because, like, all the quarterbacks were there, like Cody Kessler, everybody like that, right. to take a photo. And they're like, where's Paxton Lynch? And Paxton's just like, like somewhere in the party, like hanging out. Right. Uh, kind of uneventful. Some guys get drunk. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to put them on blast. Right. Um, but it was, it was cool to see it in their element. It's cool to see which ones – had like a lot of swagger. Right. Uh, Corey Did you Col go to the rookie premiere? No. Okay. I, 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 would, I wouldn't have gone. I was just about to say that. There's no way you'd have got me at the rookie premiere. It's just too important of a time but to go take pictures for a card company. You're, I don't know. I don't know why any of them do it, especially the quarterbacks. Stay at home. They get, they're going to get money. Yeah. Does the extra like ten thousand dollars make a difference in their life? I know that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But they're getting no, big I checks. What you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I think what was interesting was like so, uh, Corey Coleman. Yeah. Corey Coleman, man, what an energy. Right. Corey Coleman's one of those guys where he's always having fun. He's got that look in his eye where he'll, like, I'm just going to look at the camera and he'll kind of be like, 
where you're like, oh, Corey, Corey's up to something. Right. Like, we handed him the phone to do Snapchat, and there was, like, this floating island of jerseys, and Corey was like, you want me to take a picture next to the jersey? And what everyone else was doing was, like, taking their phone and, like, putting it up like this. Dude went, jumped on the island, and every NFLPA person was like, oh, Corey, oh, Corey, Corey, come down. Corey, and he's just up there, and he's like, hey. And you're like, I like that a lot. Right. I want to make sure he doesn't get in trouble, right. but I like him a lot. So the next day, um, that Friday, was um, we had the room and we had a Dance Dance Revolution machine. And in the back, we'd have uh, Fendrick working with these guys doing dramatic readings of Justin Bieber lyrics. Right. Do we have any video of that, by the way? Yes. The Bieber tons. lyrics? Are you guys dancing on your machine? Not only do we have video of him dancing, we have him dancing with our all-new favorite best friend, Alex Collins, <laughs> running back of the Seattle Seahawks. Tell them the story. So at the end of the day, it was like three o'clock. We were done shooting, and Alex Play never got a chance yeah, to and do. Yeah, Alex never got a chance to do it. He played Pictionary with me, right. and he was a he was like such a good guy. But he kept looking at the Dance Dance Revolution machine. Was like, man, I really want to do that. I really want to do that. <laughs> so Alex comes into the room, and it, at that point, I think it's just me, Cam, Lefko, Gabe, Andrew, Kristen, Steve. Like nobody else is around right. for the NFLPA. So Alex comes in and he says, "I want to I want to play you in Dance Dance Revolution uh, before you go." So I get up there, I play him once, that's the video that you got from Lefko. I play him a second time, we play again, everyone's still watching. First of all, too, I wish we had, could show that video. We can show it next week. He was just way too cool to actually put like full effort into well, it. Well, no, I was that? also in the lowest setting, so that's all of the work I had to do. And I was Josh, on like, the second Josh hardest one. Josh is one of those guys where it's like, it's like, hey, Dance Dance Revolution, and my phrasing is, oh, that's the game that I never played because right. it looked ridiculous. Right. And Josh is like, really? Because check this out. And you're like, what? And he's like jumping like this. Yeah, no, that's way too much rhythm. He didn't have that much rhythm. But I was, but I was yeah, the game him. doesn't. It's yeah. not like not about. It's the not, I know it's, not, I know it's about standing. I know. It's I so saw weird. It. So I played. I played Alex twice at this point. All these guys leave because yeah, they're really, done. Because I want to go have dinner and I want yeah, to go enjoy like going California. To get ready for dinner. He stayed in there and made me play him four more times. And? So and not another person in the room, right. no one from the NFLPA. We were in there for probably twenty to twenty-five minutes just Alex playing Dance Dance Revolution. Four games. Who who was the, what was the matchup? I was beating his. Which ass. is amazing <laughs> because the next day, Alex Collins. Alex Collins taught me how to do the Irish jig. Alex Collins went into our tent on Saturday, put the headphones on, was like, "Mike, check, Mike, check." And they were like, "Alex, you got to go to another station." He goes, "Nah, I'm comfortable. These are my best friends." Like he reminds me a lot of Felder, right. where he's like this super creative energy that right. makes everybody laugh. Right. Um, and then like I was like, "Alex, how'd it go?" And he goes, "How'd it go?" I smoked him. It yeah. wasn't even close. So Not they true. both say that they won. I was the just creating is, rivalries the entire time with Fendrick because like Hunter Henry was like, oh, I'm really good at ping pong. And and I was like, oh, you got to play Josh. So like Hunter Henry would come up behind Josh tight end of the Chargers right. and go like, dude, I'm going to kick your ass in ping pong. And he didn't know how to the, react. I don't even know if I told you this about Alex, but the machine was broken so we could only play one song and it was this like weird techno song. And I kept being like, Alex, like we can only play this song. He's like, I don't care what song it is. I just want to play again. Yeah. So we played six times on the same song. So, Do you need your mic down? No, this is, I'm talking in the... Okay, so the you're just wearing this for decoration? I can talk, I can wave, no, that yeah. way you can hear This is it, how I, I can talk to the control room. Uh, gotcha. So, uh, one other thing about Alex Collins is, he goes, he goes, I want to save your life. 
I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, you know those videos where like there's like there's a baseball coming out like a girl's head and the guy's like huh, and like saves it and I was like, I thought of your video that you did for oh, the yeah, fantasy, fantasy football. football. It's like right, right. draft me and then like throws it. I right. go, you know those are fake, right? And he's like, Really? I was like, all right. So we had um, Hogan, Kevin Hogan from Stanford, right. throw the ball, and he like, caught it in front of my face like that. Such an interesting character, man. Really good-natured guy. I wish him a lot of success. But that was another thing we've always talked about. When you see the dudes in person, and you see them without their pads, yes. and you see how big they are, it really changed my opinion on a lot of guys in the draft. That's where I wanted to go. So I Alex to Collins, when I watched him on film, right. super big physical guy. Right. Alex Collins in person, right. underwhelming. Right. D- wasn't that big. I wrote down the four dudes that I found to be the most impressive. I would like to hear that. Kenneth oh. Dixon. I should think about this, too. From huh. the Baltimore Ravens. Right. Yeah, bring up a list so you can yeah. see. Yeah, Louisiana Tech kid. Oh, my gosh. He's built like Ray Rice. Huh. His shoulders are, he's got those shoulders where it's like this big, round right. shoulder. Super thick, big legs, like all that stuff. Man, would not have thought that. That's Unbelievable. Yeah, because he doesn't look like that on film. The one that I came away going, wow, was Kenyon Drake. Yeah, he would definitely that's, be that's on my the, list. Everybody... Kenyon Drake was so much bigger. I told him to his face. I, right. said, I said, you were the shifty one. You were the small guy, Derrick Henry. And now I look at you and go, you're bigger than everybody else here. He goes, right. he goes yeah. Like, that's <laughs> Kenyon Drake. Right. Uh, another one that I thought was really impressive was C.J. Proceis. Yeah. C.J. Proceis was taller than I thought he would be, bigger than I thought he would be. I kind of looked at him and was like, this is almost like a Le'Veon Bell big kind of thing. He's going to be a ball. Those are two guys, well, their bodies are impressive, and I would say those are two guys that could be rookie of the year. Uh, Derek Henry was just, he's so big, right. but Amaka, our social media p- person, went out and said, look at how long his legs are. Uh, that's the first thing Cam when said. When he Cam took said his, his torso shirt off, off he's he's 80%. Kept. So the guys were all taking their shirts right. off near us, which was great for body inspection. Right. He was 80% legs and 20% torso. It's, it's unbelievable. It was, it's, I've never seen a body like that. It was really like his legs came up right under his rib cage, right. and it's all legs. And that is not a great thing. Well, it's good and bad. I mean, it doesn't Tell matter. Tell me the good, because the bad, as Cam said, was it's a lot of space to get hit. And it is a lot. There's no doubt about it. But it's also what makes him such a physical freak athletically, right? It's about levers, right? I mean, Michael Jordan wasn't the greatest jumper because he had the strongest pair of legs. I mean, there's a lot of people in the world that could squat more than Michael Jordan. But... He had like you know uh, an Achilles an Achilles tendon that was like this long, yeah. and he had a femur bone that was like this. I told long. you I should have measured Derrick Henry's Achilles, and that is a big thing. Yeah, and I bet you Derrick Henry's uh, calf muscle was probably like a little ball on the top of his leg, and, yeah. right? And the rest of the Achilles was this long, and that's why he runs four or five the, at two fifty. The, the other the other thing, so so Jared Goff was I think bigger than we all remembered a little bit. Right, yeah. Carson Wentz is the man, but Paxton Lynch. <laughs> Paxton Lynch, in terms of throwing, because yeah, there was yeah, a station where guys, they could right? throw, right. they were all so taken aback like by Paxton. Like yeah. right next to where we were, they had this big board with these tiny little holes that the quarterbacks were all trying, or everyone was trying to throw it through. Right. So we got to see at different points during the day all of the quarterbacks attempt to do it. Paxton was the only one that tried to throw it from deep. He was like 60 yards away right. and getting super close. He right. was like basically on the opposite sideline and throwing it to the corner of the end zone. Are you going to say the other thing you witnessed? I think they're super. Well, there, there were two other things. I'll say that. I, that that's one thing too. Just football wise, I mean, I, I've heard Denver's. Very, I told Paxton that. Very shocked. I, I said, mean, my, I said my really guy happy. Sims told yeah. me that they're really happy with you, and he goes, yeah. "Nice, <laughs> yeah, total server yeah. bro." Uh, the two other things that I witnessed. I told him he looked like a barista to his face too, <laughs> which I don't think Lefko thinks I'm going to say. Goff 
heaving it right. and ball was wobbling to get it there from sure. like 30 yards away. Right. And then I love Christian Hackenberg. He's going to insult my good friend Christian no, no, Hackenberg. I love Christian too. My brother went to Penn State. He just graduated. Right. Big, big Penn State So this board, by the way, just so we, before he tells this story. I know what they are. They're like Larry, the size take, of can like... Can you guys the, take the wide camera shot for the people watching on video and I'll try and do my it's best. It's like the quarterback share. challenge old one. It's like the size of these three screens almost, yes, right? It was, it was like if you took... Uh, no one's doing it. If you took these three screens and flipped it vertically, right. that's how big there it would be. Right. So if you took this whole wall, and which would be like, I don't know, like 20 20 feet by 10 feet or whatever it is and stood it up straight that's how big it is yes. so Hackenberg dropped back and launched one and threw it straight over the board and it landed and hit the concrete behind the board and Cody Kessler was standing a couple feet away and Christian was just like looking around laughing and then Cody Kessler just goes hey Christian just a bit outside. <laughs> Cody Kessler was funny. I've heard. He was telling Which me a little awesome. bit. He said he had a lot of fun with Cody Kessler. Kessler was a really, really good Not kid shocked kid. to hear about Hackenberg. No. no. Shocker. Shocker. Uh, so let me get back to Friday. So the thing that we did live for Facebook, it's still on our Facebook, I believe, yes, uh, was Pictionary. And we didn't know who we were getting at all. Right. Like, there was just, like, miscommunication. Or we didn't know who it was going to be. Turns out, uh, Carson Wentz, who were the other two that came in the beginning? Uh, Goff came in, but he wasn't with Wentz. No. I don't remember who the first group was. It was oh, Carson Wentz, came in, right? Tyler Boyd, and uh, one other guy. The guy you didn't know, Demarcus Robinson? No, that was later. Oh, anyway, okay. so we're playing Pictionary. So I'm on Carson Wentz's team for Pictionary. Right. I have been the entire time with Carson Wentz just being like, dude, it's so good to be best friends with you. Like, <laughs> we are going to be amazing together. And there's one part where we connect, like, whatever – it was so funny how competitive these guys were and the fun we were having. But then after that one was done, I look up and Connor Cook is like leaning on a doorway looking so unhappy to be there. And then all of the Connor Cook stories come rushing in your head. Right, right. He's an asshole. He's rude. Right. No one likes him. Right. His teammates don't like whatever. And I look up and we're live and I go, Connor, man, we are going to have a blast and you're stuck on my team. And so I think, we I think before that you said on Facebook – Connor Cook, wow, he looks really happy to be here. Yeah, that was I think your I opening him line. Out too. Well, that's that was a funny thing mm. that I like. So all these guys are doing all these media interviews and they're doing all these things where they have to sign or whatever, and then they come to our stuff where it's like me, Josh, Cam, like Gabe, like everybody just like yeah. messing with them, right? And they're so relaxed to be around that. Um, and so Connor Cook comes on over and he's like, yo, yo, teammates for life and all that stuff. And then the next day, that next Saturday, I got to interview him. And I asked him, I said, you, what, you don't seem like a bad guy. Like, you seem like a really great guy. I don't want to know. I don't need you to defend yourself. I want to know what it was like to hear that for four months. Right. And when he told me that, like, his mom cries when she reads that stuff mm. and that he doesn't know where it's coming from and he really has a hard time with people that have never talked to him or interviewed him writing things about him and stuff right. like that. To see the other perspective of it, the whole personality trait thing is so subjective right. and I would say there were very few of anyone in the media that actually either encountered him and and no. I'm not going to stand up with like I'm not going to completely say that all of that's unfounded because yeah, right. I only met him for a short amount of time. All I can say is that through my connection with him, I found him to be a very open and warm person. That's cool. And I found a lot of that other stuff to feel very misnomer. Right. right. Well, listen, some of that stuff I'm sure it is overblown. Yeah, of course the media has not met him, but at the same time, I'm just like myself. I talked to a lot of coaches and friends yeah. that kind of echoed the things we were hearing. Yeah. So. That makes you believe it. Is it as fact as we, you know, hear? Probably not. No. Like, what do they say? There's three sides to every story, right? Exactly. I mean, so uh, I'm sure that's Your part of it. Your side, my side, the truth. Exactly right. Yeah. 
Uh, the other thing was funny is so then I ended up playing golf in Pictionary, and they're getting ready to lose, and Amaka yells out the word was Steph Curry. Curry yells Steph Curry. Me and Connor Cook are then yelling at Jared Goff for being a cheater and all that stuff. And Goff for like two days was like, dude, I did not cheat. Like I did not <laughs> cheat. I will say this: the thing about Goff. So much more confident than when way we better. Ah, that's cool. Way different. First thing that we said to each other, he comes up to me and he goes, Bleacher Report, right? And I go, Yeah, he goes, I remember. And he was just cool. And I was like, And I he asked him, later, You do remember what that was in reference to, right? What do you mean? The the interview at the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, where yeah I remember. Yeah, we sure. did like critiquing Jared Goff in yes, front of Jared yes. Goff. Yeah, yeah, right. But so anyway, so he comes up and, and I asked him, I said, dude, you seem so much more. He goes, he goes, man, I am so happy that process is over. Yeah. He goes, it is exhausting. He's like, everyone's saying these things to you, having to like fly all over the place, constantly doing interviews. He was like, he's like, he's like, now like that I know where I'm going to be and it's like home in California. Now, and what's funny is, is I like to watch the players interacting with each other. Goff always had dudes kind of with him and following right. him. And, right. and he would say things and I'd see people laugh. Right. But I will say that what I took away from Carson Wentz yeah. was, as an Eagles fan, I am very happy that that's our quarterback. Because out of everyone there, he was the most mature. Yeah. Would For you sure. say that? For sure. He was the kind of guy that would be like, hey, listen, I have to go somewhere else right now, but I'll get to that in a second. Right. But the, the other guys liked him, too. Yeah, yeah, sure. But Carson Wentz was definitely the the nerdier of right, them. And right. I and I was talking about this with Malibu. I kind of like a nerdy quarterback. I hear you. Luck's a nerd. Sure. Russell Wilson's a nerd. Right. Peyton Manning's a nerd. Yep. Like, I'm down with nerds. I hear you. You know? There's a lot of good there. There's no doubt about it. So that was really cool. And then I'm just trying to think, uh, Cardell Jones. Um, wasn't as big as I thought he was going to be, right. but was a lot smarter and more aware than I thought he was going right. to be. Cardale Jones, I said, you're this kind of guy that a lot of people talk about how you're funny and, and all this stuff. He starts telling me about how his mom deals with delinquent youths and how he really wants to impact um, homeless ch- uh, uh, the population, this and this and this. And I start listening to him more, and I'm just blown away at how thoughtful he is. Right. Um, but I could also see he was in a really interesting situation there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zeke is the biggest clown out of everybody. Yeah, it looks Z- like it. Zeke is an energy that's hard to describe because, like, he at one point just took his shirt off and just started running around throwing footballs. And I said, were you the two-year-old that just takes his shirt off and the parents can never go to He goes, yeah. <laughs> like, that was Zeke. Like, Zeke is Shocker. good-natured, funny, um, He's a little bit like Bosa where their brain's working, but they're not talking. So right. you kind of want to jump in. But you ask him a question, he'd just be like, like, he'd be like, I'd be like, where in the world would you go? He's like, Paris. And I'm like, interesting. So I like Zeke, but he's like, take the shirt off crazy guy. I want him to be safe. Out of the quarterbacks, whose body did you like the best? The quarterback. So we had Cardale, Goff, Paxton, Wentz. Dak was a lot bigger than Dak I thought. Dak was, was huge. Right. Dak, Jack, that's actually just that's thick really and good jacked, yeah. right? Thick, but also taller. Right. Like Dak, every, everyone kept calling him Russell Wilson, so you think he's going to be small. Yeah. Dak was 6'3. Six, six, yeah, I think he was 6'2 something, but okay. So I looked at his body and right. went, man, that's yeah. he's thick. I think, I think Carson Wentz. Yeah, d- so definitely not Goff. Right. I would say it would be between. Definitely not Kessler. Between Wentz and Lynch. Right. I, I was going to go Hagenberg has an impressive body, too, right? does have an amazing body. Hagenberg right. is tall, but Hogan was really thick. Like, yeah. I'm also looking at, like, thick man body. Right. Like, Carson Wentz filled it out. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I was just going to go Paxton just because of how impressive the total package is. Sure. Just the height, 
uh, the throwing. All yeah, that. right. The length Christian of Hackenberg. So the two guys I clicked with Connor Cook because me and him. I think he looked at me and was like, "Wow, this was the first dude that was just like, let's be real." Right. Hackenberg kind of came over like in the last station, and he looked at someone from the NFLPA and he pointed at me and he goes, "How is this dude still cranking out energy?" Because I'm messing with everybody. Right. And so he sat down. You're gonna have to bleep this out. And I said, "Yo, f- you." And he looks at me. He goes. F- and I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, right. Like, we just kind of hit it off and, and joking around. I was telling him to go in Central Park, take your shirt off, throw some pigskin. And he's like, I have a girlfriend. I was like, okay, sorry, uh, Christian, don't mean <laughs> to get you in trouble. I was like, I already have one quarterback that thinks I called him flirty. So, but super good guy. Right. Um, it, you're not going to tell if they're a good football player. I'm just no. judging on whether they're yeah, cool that's, or not. That's what you're there for. Um, Corey Holman, crazy. I think all you that hit all the big ones, left, uh, Paul Perkins. Jacked. What? That's another body at running back right. that I went. Super jacked. Wow. Yeah, they, they said that. Can first. I tell you what crushed me? So I go, I, for a lot of them, I was like, what team did you grow up rooting for? Right. Paul Perkins was like, I was a huge Eagles fan. And he goes, he goes, I thought they were going to draft me around where the Giants did. Mm. I said, so now he goes, oh, now I'm a Giants, like, I'm like screw the Eagles, like all Giants. <laughs> and I was like, and Wendell Smallwood, the Eagles running back, told me he was one too. And I was like, well, Wendell, what's your favorite moment? He goes, fourth and 26. And me and him talked for like 15 minutes about that Freddie Mitchell catch. Right. Paul Perkins, I was like Hugh Douglas. He was like Jeremiah Trotter, like back and forth and all that stuff. But, blah, 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 blah. but for me to hear the running back that's now playing for the Giants grew up an Eagles fan, yeah. that hurt my heart a little yeah. bit. It happens. That's part of the NFL, though. So you grew, do you grow up a Giants fan? Of course, yeah, definitely. And then, so when they passed on you, if I had a lot of my my feelings are. I mean, I'm a different. I was gonna say it's totally different because it's not like you would have ever wanted to play for the Giants. No, I was because, a, yeah. right, or I would have played for him. But also, there was a period in my life where I hated the Giants for a while after my dad retired. They right. cut my dad the year he went to the to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean, your love hate relationship. So I, yeah, there was a little bit there where yeah, I certainly. What sport or team are you truly a fan? That Yankees. You fe- Yankees. Yankees. So that's your one where you're not an athlete. You're like you're like I'm me truly in the invested with the Yankees. Yes, I definitely am. That is my one squad that I am loyal to. Man. And football, like we've talked about, it's just too hard. There's too many personal relationships. The Giants play the Cowboys. Yeah, I know Jason Garrett really well. I'm rooting for the yeah, Cowboys. You know so many people. So that's just so that's. But a I tough thought thing. overall, uh, I think uh, Joey Bosa looked at me later in the day and he was like, "Did he snail you?" We, I snailed him and Josh snailed him. Yeah. Uh, earlier he didn't in the think day. it was that funny. He didn't think it was that funny. I did it. <laughs> but, uh, but earlier in the day, he was like, what's your name, man? He was like, I keep forgetting it, but I see you. I was like, Adam. And he was like, I want to give you my real cell phone number. And I was like, thanks, Bosa. I appreciate That's that. That's cool. And uh, he, was like, he was like, I'm going to buy a boat. And I was like, you should call it Joey Boza. And he was like, uh, uh. But that was like him like hysterically laughing. Right. Uh, it just, was just cool to connect with everybody. Yeah, sure, man. sure. It was He's cool to like, talk about him for a long time and then see them. Right. You being out there, next time you got to go, because you're just messing with them. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear and then you. Uh, I stayed in California for an extra four days, and I can't talk about yeah, it. So. No, you cannot. I can. I just party with friends. Oh, sure. But I did. I did watch a lot of basketball. Yeah. And I kind of want to talk basketball. Sure. If you guys are cool with that, yeah, of course. Uh, you're as impressed. So before the Warriors Thunder series, I what did I say? I said that everyone's like, have- oh, Warriors are going to win easily. And I said, man, I don't see anyone on that team stopping Russell Westbrook. And I think that all the big guys for the Thunder right now could be a huge problem. Right. 
I also mm -hmm. still think that Draymond Green is a top 10, and I texted you last night that I don't think that's the truth anymore. <laughs> but um, He texted me late, like midnight, and he was like, <laughs> he texted, I don't know about Draymond, and then he wrote, and then he wrote ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. But, man, so you're, and you're really impressed with Westbrook. Tell well, the, tell it. Well, what do we, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, listen, I, the Golden State, first of all, playoffs, any sport, what, what is it about? It's, it's always going to be about elite physical ability. Yeah. Golden State does not have anybody with elite physical ability. They have an elite shooter. Draymond's an elite player all yes. around, but not physically elite. Same yes. with, with uh, Thompson. My friend said this. My friend Alex said this. I'm curious your thoughts. Spurs and Warriors all year had success. Right. But all year never really played a physical brand of basketball. Sure. And now we're seeing this happening. But Russell Westbrook, you so you told us that you think he's, what, the second greatest athlete to ever play in the NBA? Uh, at least in my lifetime, since 1980 on, you would have Michael Jordan's the greatest athlete to ever play in the NBA. I mean, is he's, it possible for Westbrook to overtake? Like, how do you? Well, it, it, yeah, I don't know if it's possible. You're right. It, it's very close. He would be. He's. I think it is very close. When you just talk about pure athlete, when you We're just talk about, about basketball explosion, twitchiness, quickness, the ability to jump, all those things. I think things. he's a better athlete than Michael Jordan. I don't know. You're you're forgetting about Michael Jordan, 1988, when he was like the best defensive player in basketball, and he was doing see, 35, 10, defense. and 10. Well, I'm, I'm just about, saying he was doing all the same things. I will say that, that Russell's doing the right now. Line, and also when he had that one dunk where he went sideways. But the thing is that I've never seen Russell Westbrook asked to only just lift off. Because what I, what I agree with you in terms of putting him in that elite athleticism is when he turns to that next gear... He's the fastest I, player ever I've never in the seen of the an NBA. image on my screen right. move that fast. No doubt about it. He's the fastest player ever in I, I it, And I even talked about this a little with my dad uh, over the last week a little bit, but... Yeah, if you were going to, three greatest athletes of my lifetime. Like, is Dominique Wilkins in there? No, he's not in their class. No, definitely not. Not as just a pure athlete. I'm going to go Michael Jordan. I'm going to go Russell Westbrook. I'm going to go LeBron James, number three. LeBron James, better basketball player than Russell Westbrook, but not the athlete. Look at what Russell Westbrook's doing. What is he, 6'4"? He's 6'4". He's guarding Steph Curry. He's getting 12 rebounds a game. Getting uh, 12 assists like now a game. Doing that. And like you said, flying down the court, he is... He makes that team go, and his athleticism, I do think, is it's top-notch. And, of course, he's controlled his game now to where he's not a turnover yes. machine like he was a few years back. The thing and that I'm very excited about is... But, it, so you don't think he... But, but so, so regardless, though, you think maybe he'd be a better athlete than Michael Jordan, you're saying? Would you, what would you do with him and... I know, but I'm what would you do with him and LeBron then? Uh, well, it's funny because like, I was going to say something about Curry because we're always amazed by Curry because he lacks a lot of those super athletic traits, right. so it's that much more improbable. Right. I'm glad that because we're finally appreciating Russell Westbrook because there was a long time where everyone punished him for being oh. that athletic. And that's my thing with LeBron is yeah. we punish him for being so big yes. that we don't get him the credit for what we're actually watching. Right, right. It's taking, it's, it's taking the brink of six NBA finals in a row to where everybody now is like, man, LeBron's doing everything. Thing he can do. That oh, is, so 6'3", 200, 200 pounds, and he's going 35, 10, and 10. That's, and he throws oh, the ball down harder than like anybody. Than anybody. He is a he is a true physical freak. I truly like I, you've heard me say. I truly think if he wanted to be an NFL receiver at 17, he could be Odell Beckham he Jr. He played high school football. He was a linebacker and a running back, so he would have been a Jalen Smith. <laughs> yeah, he would have been everywhere. I mean, he's he is a ball of lightning, and for a sport where yeah, it's a little more based on. 
um, not necessarily true explosion. I know basketball players are explosive, but compared to football players. Who is players, the best basketball player that you were around that played football? Because we always put Russell Westbrook at wide receiver, LeBron James at tight end. Like, who was the best football player do you think that could have played basketball? Oh, the best fo- Like, not, I guess, like, Antonio Gates and Jimmy yeah, Graham so actually I was played go right to those Tony two. Gonzalez. I mean, but, no, but that you were around, that you watched play basketball. I, I certainly was around a few guys like a Dwight Smith, uh, like a Michael Clayton, the first-round receiver at LSU. LSU. Who, yeah, you I just said th- that Josh McCown could get up. Definitely. Luke and Josh McCown can get up. That surprises me. Oh, my. Luke McCown can go through the legs and throw it down like in an NBA dunk contest. Yes, and which is very rare dink- for a white quarterback. So, so not only that, Luke McCown, the dinker dunk quarterback for the Saints. Right. Is He's not the, a dinker dunker. That's what I'm just saying from the right, game. Right, it's right. that offense. Right, right, right. But. He's going between the legs and dunking. Yes, uh, I, but but all all together, I, you know, I don't know. There's not a, there's not a ton that I would say that I was around where I go. Ball. Yeah, I mean, listen, could a guy like Simeon Rice could he have been some type of like Serge Ibaka if he wanted to change? Yeah, he had like that kind of a body. He was like six seven. He was you know probably two eighty two sixty five yeah. somewhere in that range. Yeah. yeah, if he decided at age sixteen, he could have probably been. That we type saw of guy JJ as well. Watt dunk a ball. We also saw JJ Watt try and. Dribble a ball. That dude ain't That's playing basketball. Well, we had Rondé on here. I mean, Rondé, for a great athlete as he was, if you saw Rondé dribble a ball, you'd go, you played corner in the NFL? You're like, that athletic and yeah, you can dribble. because Rondé would literally be like, <laughs> like dribbling like that. So it doesn't always correlate. People can't dribble basketball. And it's a great conversation, too. What is an athlete? What is an athlete? You tell me. What are we talking about? Because... Yeah, okay, great. Are we just talking about jumping, running, and explosiveness? Like, like track and field in the Olympics? Right, exactly, yeah. because I think we could also sit here and go, well, Derek Jeter was an unbelievable athlete, hand-eye coordination, right. but you know, probably couldn't, have, super probably couldn't have beat me in a race and yep. jumped higher than me and things like that. So but so where what is athlete? That's a big def- de- definition as well. Well, how do you characterize it? I try to kind of combine both a little bit uh, to to ba- find that happy media, and that's why uh, you know guys like Jordan and LeBron are the two greatest of all time because they put it all because together. they can put it all together. Because exactly I think right. in addition to that is then you take in the mental part of being an athlete. Definitely right. Which, okay, so you were saying this before about uh, Bismack Biombo, who's quickly becoming my favorite player. Yeah, and I kind of was rooting for a Raptors. Uh, Thunder, because I want to see Westbrook and Biombo clash, and then like a nuclear bomb goes off, and all of America is just yeah. Let's ruin the NBA finals so we can see Westbrook and Biombo. Bah! I mean, jeez, <laughs> shut up. Uh, but but you were saying that it's crazy how his stats home and away are so different. Yes, and how he's really good at home and he feeds off the crowd in a way he's different. Right. But our entire lives, oh, we've heard about us how an athlete when I get on the quarter of the field, all of the fans just go away. <laughs> right. I don't even notice right. you out there. Right. Well, apparently it has an impact. And I'm curious, like, is there truly an impact between home or away? Like, cut out the bullshit. Yeah. The fans go away. No, no, what no. is the difference? There is definitely a difference. You're going to be motivated by different things at home. You're going to be motivated by the energy and the positivity behind you. Uh, I mean, I can still get chills in my on my skin just from thinking, like, of the playoff, one playoff game I played in in 2005 because the, the, they gave every seat, like, a white Buccaneers flag to go yeah. around. So we looked like we were like we're literally on like a pirate ship when we were running out in the field and things. So that does. Is there a moment in that when you look at your teammates and go, this is cool? No doubt about it. In fact, I can remember walking 
out for pregame warm-ups, and I would, Gruden would walk out with me uh, when I was a starter. And we walked out, and we saw the field, and we could see people already, like, waving the flag. And we looked at each other, and he goes, pretty f- cool. And I was like, and then I ran on the field, and it was, and I'll never forget it. So there definitely is. You're just motivated by a different thing on the road. All yeah. of a sudden, the road becomes, you've heard this, I know it's cliche, but it, it's us versus them. You know, hey, it F, makes that us F versus these the world. fans, F this team. We're so gonna it, show it sounds like it's day. better to be an underdog on the road than at home. I, I agree. That's why I thought it was kind of rare. That I, it sounded like he really feeded off the home because I think really a lot of great competitors almost like being on the road better. Just silencing. Silence. People. I don't have to deal with anything. I can just go to my but hotel room. Do you think that's a mental be strength thing? Because mentally strong people can use that, and sometimes I would say mentally weak people are people that when when it's like positivity, they're like yeah, and they get brought down by negativity. That could, that certainly could be. Because like that's the thing with Westbrook to me is like his focus. Excuse me. Kawhi Leonard's focus, LeBron James's focus, is what takes them to another level. Yes, but Westbrook, and then too, Westbrook has like you know we always talk about Brian like with Dawkins. Kobe that like killer instinct. I mean, I mean Westbrook looks like he's willing to kill you to win yes. that game. Like, oh, I have to rip your heart out here in the last minute to win the game. Okay, Yeah, I'm glad you guys knew that reference. Yeah, of course. Well, not every you know I feel old sometimes when I make uh, like those references. Who else? Oh, can I tell? you the other reason why me and Connor Cook got together I just forgot this and just remembered it um, we were we were standing up there and I and I said um, I said like Bumblebee Tuna which is from Ace Ventura 2 and he was like your balls are showing which is like the rest of that quote Great. and I was like Connor Cook watches Ace Great. Ventura 2 Great. which could be a bad thing <laughs> it's a horrible thing and from so many angles. Yeah, me oh and him were just going back and forth with Ace Ventura 2. Uh, uh, before we wrap it up, did you want to talk Art Bryles? Oh, I would like to talk about Art Bryles. Go for it. Well, I mean, a little bit. I mean, just first of all, I think the thing that drives me crazy, the Art Bryles situation, it's a, it is a little disturbing as far as I know Art a little. It's not a little disturbing. It is very disturbing that, can I go? Go okay, ahead. No, do no, it. No, no, no. Do what you're going to say. I just want to I'd like to just talk about it. The only thing I wanted to say was yeah. uh, we have talked about this many times about the, the frightening nature and environment that it can be for women on college campuses. It is not just sports. It is not just athletes. But the issue right now is that when you have an institution in which it is being reported and the people that are taking those reports, it reminds me a lot of Penn State are doing nothing about it and are in fact doing worse because that person thinks they've told someone yes. to create change and nothing's right, happening. Right. You should not be allowed to coach again because when we talk about coaches, it's not just about X's and O's. It's not just about recruiting. It's about mind. It's about melding the young, the youngs of mind men, young men, and and letting them know what's acceptable yeah. and what's okay. And that's not acceptable in any part of our culture any at way all. Of life. Exactly and if you're right. okaying that, then you're just just as bad, in my mind, as people that are committing it because you're Agreed. not stopping it. Agreed. I think the thing that bothers me is, first of all, just some of the carelessness I hear after the fact. Okay, I read a thing on, you know, uh, I always call it plagiarismfootballtalk.com, okay? Profootballtalk.com, where they plagiarize other people's articles and they write a one sentence of their own thought at the bottom and they say, here's an article we wrote. Uh, I don't get that. Michael, I'm taking shots at them. The hell Please. with them. Michael David Smith writes an article, the NFL could be calling for Art Bryles because of his cutting-edge offense. Are you kidding me? I mean, has he, has he paid attention to football recently? I mean, let it out. Keep first going. of all, I mean, 
All we talk about with Baylor guys is they're not ready for the NFL. They don't have playbooks. They're not coached. All they do is look at the sidelines. They're never prepared. Anybody you talk to in the NFL. You said that there are franchises that have fear of drafting they Baylor kids. They wipe them off the board because they don't even want to deal with it. They know it's going to be like going back to kindergarten with a, with a guy that's a senior in high school. Uh, so they don't want to deal with that. Of course, uh, so that... I just I can't get over that. And then the cutting edge offensive things. That's where I just don't understand. This is where we got to stop people who have no business or clue about football writing articles about football. Oh, the NFL is going to want him because of his cutting edge offense. Has he ever watched Baylor football? Has he ever watched them? Well, explain oh. to me because what the the detractor to your point would right. say they put up sixty points a game and turned a Baylor team that had never really won at all. Right. They have phenomenal players. I mean, we've seen that. They've had phenomenal athletes come out of there. Uh, the Big 12 stinks, so numbers are everybody in the Big 12 has unbelievable numbers. Just look at it. But regardless, what about his philosophy is not cutting? Well, edge? his his philosophy there is no philosophy. It, it's it's four plays. What, you think the youth? So Michael David Smith thinks the NFL's watching Baylor on film, going, "Ooh, man, the wide receiver screen. They got a wide receiver screen, guys. Let's draw it on the board and put it in the playbook. Mm, they have the inside zone run." Whoa, guys, they got the insides. Cutting edge, inside zone run. So you're saying it's very basic. It couldn't be more basic. It could not be. It's why we're still talking about the developmental of RG3 in year five of his NFL career. And why is it so successful? Well, he's had a great job of recruiting players. You're going to put it all on the athletes? I I am. Listen, he does a nice job in the fact where the offense is, it lets the athletes do something in space. And, yes, he has had the best athletes for the most part in the Big 12. Other than Oklahoma, yeah. who's he had to really worry about in the Big 12? That athletes that can mess with Corey Coleman's or the Josh Gordon's of the right. world. No, those kind of players. So, uh, I think that's the I'll big thing. I'll just play devil's No, no, that's okay. I don't care. Um, but I think that's my point. I just don't understand. I, I think to I me. I carelessness in the journalism. That's what I think drives me crazy there. How can you just. And then and about be six like minutes me, later, they had a post that said, uh, Art Browns is a pariah that should never be hired again. They'd be so like I feel me like they right were retracting it themselves. Yeah, they probably were. I didn't read that article, but that's yeah. yeah that's it's be like me writing a, an article in the New York Times about you know the writer yesterday had very, was not very legible and the the grammar was all over the place. No, I don't know how to write. I mean, I need someone to write for me as it is right now, and I'm 35 years old. So don't Michael David Smith tell me about football. Thank you. Felt good. Felt good. Uh, you want to wrap it up, or should we talk Steph? <laughs> I think it's good. Let's end on that note. All right. I had a really great time today. <laughs> Did you have fun? I did. Love you. Long time. Oh, I love you. Long time, long time. too. Uh, I want to put Fendrick right here. It's we're, There are changes coming to the podcast soon. We cannot disclose them just yet. I want to uh, be able we'll to touch him uncomfortably. I want to be able to make him feel uncomfortable. I want to grab his neck when he says stupid crap. Great. Uh, one thing I will ask is I want to get more of the fans involved. So tweet at Sims and Lefko. Uh, I'm going to have Fendrick tweet out a few, and we're going to incorporate that in a little bit more. It's something we've always said we're going to do. Right. Now we're we going to freaking do it. Yeah, we say it every week. But now we're really going to do it. Uh, Fendrick, uh, give a little goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, I will not see you next week, so I'll see you in two weeks. Fendrick addressed the camera. Did you look at the camera? That was a great job. Peace out. But uh, would would the media be so nice to LeBron James if he was minus 62, minus 73 the last two games? Or Steph Curry just had to throw that out there one time. Sorry. I I, I have said for a long time, I'm waiting to see if people are going to turn on Steph Curry. 
this could be it the could beginning. be it could be it we'll see I hope it doesn't I hope, he, I hope he goes three for three right now and then like goes for like 60 each game <laughs> I don't know. control room you guys are awesome whoa yep it was that bad of a podcast that's all right they left the good one in there oh no they're hiding oh, oh. okay it's all right KP's KP. the oh look at the whitest hey. guy on earth back oh, there canvasser couldn't hold it down he's too impatient George hey buddy. bye George up yours <laughs> I don't think he's... That was great. He wasn't paying attention. <laughs> he wasn't watching. <laughs> episode 64. We'll see you guys next week for episode 65. The Bubba Miller Podcast. <laughs> Bubba Miller.